Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back. I got Grifka here and Grifka, news and notes, things to talk about. We didn't get to it last show. Glover Quinn, number 27, the leader of the defense, released by the Lions. Not a huge surprise, but definitely a big release when it comes to a name people know and a player that had some great years here in Detroit. Uh, what are you thinking about that overall? Um, it's one of those things that like, we kind of talked about. It looked like this year the age caught up with them a little bit. Um, I think uh, was that as the season went on, uh, Walker took a little more of his minutes. He wasn't playing as much. He said it wasn't a surprise. I guess what kind of surprised me was uh, what I read earlier this week that uh, was it Glover Quinn actually was it he was on a podcast or something and he actually said that he tried to get the lines to release him before the season because he said he, he knew this was coming and he you know he thought he didn't really fit in Matt Patricia's you know defensive scheme so you know he was trying to work his way out of Detroit even before the season started so I don't know if he was like trying to hook up with a team that he thought maybe had a better chance but. I mean, I mean, it was class act of him, you know, afterwards, you know, to put the uh, statement out saying thank you for your time and you're in Detroit, you know, and thanking the fans. But um, and, and just, I, I, I don't know, I just, you don't hear that story too often where, you know, somebody's kind of like, oh, please, you know, get rid of me before the season. You know, you always hear those stories, people wanting trades, but because they're just unhappy. But it, it didn't seem like that out of out of Glover Quinn. So that that surprised me more than anything for, for um to read that. Yeah, man, I'm real torn on this topic because, you know, with me, I mean, GQ, like the minute he signed here, you know, I I knew him a bit just from reading up on him. You know, he was a good safety prospect that year in free agency, Um, signing with the Lions, you know, just got his jersey kind of right away and repped him every time we were down at Ford Field, you know, 27, Glover Quinn. He lived up to every hype, you know, made plays, led the team, just – great with the media, all that type of stuff. So never take that away from him and really thankful for his time in Detroit. But the ending here kind of rubs me the wrong way with, uh, you know, just the way he acted all year, just kind of weird attitude. And then, like you say, every time you saw him on the field, he was a couple steps slow, you know, behind the D, didn't really make any plays this year. Got paid a hefty salary. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say he's making seven, eight, plus million dollars this year after they kind of bumped him up. Bobby Quinn gave him a little extension. Remember that? Like I think yeah. a year or two ago. And uh, just to hear him say he's trying to leave and this, that, and the other. And I don't know. It, it's just like, I wish he would have went out a different way, you know, um, than that. Or I'm, I'm curious why they didn't let him go last year. Just, you know, I know they wanted to groom Tracy, but it's just kind of like if he didn't want to be here and he had this kind of, odd attitude it seems like they would have just kind of got let him go then but like I say man he'll always be one of my favorite lions and that's why I'm having a struggle with this because you know again he's an open book he always says what he thinks but I almost don't want to hear all this stuff on the way out just you know like you say tip your cap to the city city respect you for what you did on the field and and move on to whatever else he's doing that's kind of my thoughts Yeah. yeah I hear you on that I guess the biggest question with that, Grifka, is, like, where are you at with T-Walk, Tracy Walker the third man? Like, uh, you know, he's got great ratings by PFF. He's been a guy picked in the third round, like, thought he, you know, uh, is the heir apparent. Now it seems like it's, it's his time unless they go out and get another safety. Like, are you on board with this guy, or do you think it's going to be a struggle putting him in and le- losing a guy like GQ? Uh-huh. 
I, I think it might be, I don't want to say like painful to watch him back there. It might be a few more growing pains if he's going to be like the main guy back there. But I think last year with him taking snaps away from uh, Quinn, it was kind of like seeing what they had. And I know at one point we had talked about it, you know, get the guys on the field you want to see for the next year. And he took more snaps. And I thought he played pretty decent, you know, down the stretch. I mean, we're coming into those games doing the rewind. But there was points where I thought he played, you know, I, I thought he played pretty decent, you know. So uh, I'm, I don't know if he's going to go back there and just become like the free safety ball hawk that, uh, that uh, you know, uh, maybe people are looking for. But I don't think he's going to be terrible either. So, um, like I said, it's probably going to be a few growing pains here and there. But still, I mean, uh, I, I'm – I'm okay with that Walker uh, taking over for uh, Glover Quinn. I thought he's like penciled in this whole time, but part of me too says like if they want to go out, there's a lot of good safety options this year. If they think that they can get a a player that can really fit in their scheme and help them and, and give them that player, Walker and Diggs, like I think that's interesting as well. So as much as I'm rooting for uh, Tracy Walker to live up to his draft status, I feel – like you said, that, you know, I'm not penciling him in right now until I see a little bit more, but it kind of would be nice to have new blood back there, a younger guy that can run around. He's got the crazy long arms. He can make plays on the football. Um, even if it takes him another year of playing time to sort of get acclimated, like, you know, as, as long as he plays well, like he seemed to last year when he was out there, like that could be a really good infusion for our defense. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think the biggest thing you said, like the younger blood right there, Um I, I, uh, like I said, I just kind of want to see. I mean, they were, you've said it a bunch of times, you've seen the uh, video. They seem so ecstatic to get him on draft day. You know, let's, let's see what he can do now. I mean, he got his feet wet last <laughs> year, he had more snaps at the end of the year. I mean, yeah, make sure there's like some competition, but, you know, don't, uh, be signing a guy that, you know, was going to come in expecting to be penciled in as a starter. And then, uh, when he's not, be kind of like a malcontent. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind just throwing Walker back there and just uh, seeing what seeing what he can do. So Kool Aid drinkers in three four years, Griffith would tell you if he's good, and if he's good, he'll tell you he's good. If he stinks by then, he'll tell you he told you so. Well, um, I could tell you about half, what else is going. I could tell you about halfway through next year how he's going to be. I mean, he didn't get enough snaps yet to uh, to you know say if he's going to be good or not. I mean, he had a couple picks, he had some different decent plays, but I mean, you'll know by mid next year what he's going to be. <laughs> I'll I'll know or I'll project you. You wait, you know, for uh, until the house comes. Just because everybody you say is going to be good, no, they're going to be good. And when you hit, you're like, well, look, I call them good. You call everybody good though. So just because you say, oh, we made a couple of plays, you know, you got to show me something for four years until you give anybody credit. I mean, come on, like you're going to be sitting there on your hands until this guy's an all pro, and then you'll love him. Um, anyway, what else going on this week, Griff? You got anything else on your brain before you um, jump into the? Yeah, rewind? actually, a couple things. Uh, uh, this this one came up, and uh, and I, I guess you know I, I read something. It's like I'm sure, like you know, I read a lot of things like you do, and a lot of it's probably clickbait just from what the uh, what the title reads. But I almost get tired of it, and I know like uh, was it Landon Collins? You know, he's coming out. It's like shut the lines, you know, get Landon Collins. But it seems like. You know, you read a number of different spots. I know, like, what, Lions 24-7 does this. And like I said, I know it's clickbait, but still, it's like, it seems like any team that releases somebody, it's like the tagline should be like, you know, this team releases said player, Lions should look at him. You know, like, or or, or even, like, with um, this AF, the AFF or whatever, if, like, some guy has a decent, you know, game, it's like, Lions, Lions might want to look at this guy. Like, I read the one, like, Trent Richardson has three touchdowns in the AAF or whatever, and Lions, Lions should look at this guy. Why? I mean, so my biggest thing is, I mean, I, I know besides us, there's a lot of people out there reading everything. It's like, don't get caught up. It's just clickbait. It's not going to be a rumor. I know me and you do that. You bust on me for bringing it out there. And you're always like, where'd you read this? Who wrote this? And uh, and it's it's one of those things, the clickbait things. That, I, mean, I know I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but, you know, Landon Collins, I just read that one. You know, would I take him on the lines? Sure, but I don't. I, I think with the what, like you said, the young blood the lines got back there, I would be, I'd be okay with that. Back, you know, who they have back there. I don't know if they really need to, you know, get Landon Collins. Um, what do you think? Would you would you take Landon Collins? I mean, it's just the most recent one I read. But would you take him on the lines, or like I said, would you like Diggs and Walker back there? 
Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I just kind of laid it out. I mean, if they want to go with a three-safety set, if they think they need a little more experience and toughness back there, depending on the price tag. I mean, Landon Collins is one of the players I had highlighted on my list. Of He's young. He's been really good. I think he's made three, four uh, Pro Bowls. He's a physical beast, which, again, if this team's trying to be more physical and more intimidating, he definitely fits that bill. I like the guy, man. I think he could fit. I think, uh, you know, depending on what they're trying to do with this $40, 50000000 million they have available, you know, where does he fit in that? Because he's going to be making more than GQ was making probably. But, hey, man, if we could pay him similar what Glover was making, I would love seeing uh, Landon Collins in our defense because I thought he was – the best safety in the game, not even a, a year or two ago. So he's got a lot left, and uh, I like him as a player. Okay. okay. Uh, what about – here's another one I read as well. I mean, I know we talked about this position, and once again, another one of the clickbait ones. But uh, Tyler Eifert, uh, tight end. I mean, I know he's had some good years, and you know, decent years. But uh, what would you think about this guy in lines? I know we talked about it trying for agency as opposed to like, you know, drafting a tight end, maybe taking a tight end later, you know, one of the later rounds. But Tyler Eifert's one of the names out there, and it's a name that a lot of people recognize. Um, how would you feel if the Lions made a run at him? Before I answer that, I got to give you a good Griff Cabell. I tried to hit the Griff Cabell. It didn't work for me, so I've repositioned it. There we go. Uh, that's for the classic Grifka. I know we've talked about this before our previous show, so I had to get that in. But uh, Tyler Eifert, man, um, you know, this guy, if you look at a lot of lists, he's sort of like the top tight end name on a lot of lists. Um, He's really not a guy I love in regards to, you know, always being hurt. He has decent size. I don't know that he loves football. Like when I see him, I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, this is a guy that, he had that one big year where he was really a beast in the red zone. But, you know, other than that, he, you know, I don't know. I just don't like him across the board in regards to when I always reference, is he a football player? Is he a quality, hard-nosed football player? I mean, what was it? Last time I saw this guy, he had like a crazy mullet and some other, you know, he just seems kind of like a goofball. So, I think there's too many injury concerns with this guy, and he's just kind of too wacky for the Lions to take a a shot on him. I'm pulling him up here. He's 28 years old. It says here he made $5.5 million on average, you know, um, last year. And, again, he never plays. So, like I said, I highlighted some other young tight ends. I brought up Max Williams last show. I'm looking at him here. He's only 25. only made a million bucks. To me, he's much more of a hard-nosed blocker, Max Williams is, and can kind of catch those uh, balls in tight. You know, some of the plays the Lions always get burned on. I mean, you got Jesse James, who's been with Pittsburgh. He's only 25. He makes no money. Um, you know, a guy like Ricky Seals-Jones, 24 years old, real athletic, used to be a basketball player. Those are the three kind of under-the-radar tight end names I have. So Tyler Eifert, I'm going to say no, but – I think you're going to hear rumblings about him and some. That's why you're going to hear all that stuff, but I hope they don't overpay for that guy. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, uh, you know, get the bell out. I want to agree with you on this. I don't even want to hear like for the right price, you know, this guy for as much as I bag on Ziggy for being off injured China doll. That's Tyler Reifert for me on the tight end. I mean, this guy, like you said, the guy's just like seems like never be on the field. He had, he had, he had um, a really good year a few years ago, but it seems like a stiff breeze puts this guy on the sideline, you know. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't want to hear oh for the right price. Let's give it. No, I, I don't want to waste any money on this guy. I'd rather, you know, like you said, you know, you threw the few names out there. I remember Max Williams at University of Minnesota. He had some good years there. And, you know, in the pros, like you said, he's kind of, you know, down depth chart a little bit. I mean, like you, like the few names, I'd rather take, you know, spend money on any of those guys than, you know, try to go after Tyler Reifert. And I think Tyler Reifert might, might be one of those guys that he gets a little bit more cash because he's he, he's he's a name. I mean, people recognize his name. So uh, I'm with you there. I, I, I'd run from this guy. You know, as, as as much as possible because he just seems like he just can't stay on the field. So, yep, 
Yep, good stuff. Uh, the, it's going to be interesting. That tight end position is going to be interesting, how they fill it, what they're looking for. I mean, when Bobby Quinn said I was looking for all these different tight ends last year and had all these conversations, other than his Gronk thing, I'm thinking, who was he looking at last year? You know, who was he banging the door down to try to get, you know, that he mentioned in his press conferences? I'd love to know. Yeah, that. But I mean, that's one of those things, like, you know, I know. I mean, that's, that might have been a little coach speak. He might have just thrown some feelers out there. You know, just made a couple phone calls, you know, see, you know, what, uh, hey, what, uh, what's this guy like? You know, what are you looking at this guy? You know, like, you know, what would it take to get this guy? Or, you know, just kind of threw some feelers out there to see who was available that would fit. You know, so, like you said, though, I mean, this, the one that came up was Gronkowski and everybody heard about it. But uh, you're right, it does make you wonder what other teams they actually uh, inquired to about their uh, their tight ends that might be guys they would uh, take to put on this team to improve it as opposed to just another body that, you know, the Lions ended up settling for. But, you know, they did get Levine Toilolos, and we might have found something with him. There you go. Coming like an episode of Seinfeld every time, you know, because Seinfeld, he always had a thing of Superman in every episode. So, you know, this is like yeah. every show we need a Levine Toilolo reference. Oh, you got to play the hits, man. Yeah. Get it in. I love it. So, uh, let's see this. Um, I got nothing else I really want to cover with this before we get into the Panthers game. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch base on? Uh, one other quick thing that was on my brain. I'm actually looking it up right now. So, in regards to our backup quarterback, Grifka, like talking about how to fill that or who's going to be there, I mean, it feels like Matt Castle's pretty much gone. You told me a few shows ago that, like, Jake Rudock is in Miami now. Like, I, I either missed that or I can't confirm that. I'm looking online now, and a couple things have him with the Miami Dolphins, and then he's on a couple Lions pages still. So do we know for sure that he's gone? Yeah, I'm almost positive a few weeks ago that, uh, I mean, yeah, he signed with Miami, and that's when they got uh, – it was either right before or right after they uh, signed Connor Cook to that that uh, futures deal. So and that's what everybody thinks now. It's just like Connor Cook could be the backup. So, I, I mean, I'd rather take somebody else and draft somebody than go with Connor Cook. But, yeah, um, yeah, Jake Rudock went to Miami. Hmm. You'd think I'd know, but like I say, I'm looking at it right now, and it's like 50-50. Every site either has him with the Dolphins or there's three or four here that still have him with the Lions logo, all his stats. You know, it says nothing about Miami, but um, – you know, to me, that's kind of – I don't know if that's disconcerting or exciting because, you know, they spent a resource on that guy. I thought, like, he had the makings of a backup quarterback in the NFL. The pickup of, um, you know, Connor Cook or whatever. He's got some tools and might have some abilities. Young, he's cheap. But, I mean, do you think that's – Matt Stafford has played now for I don't know how many years. got to be five-plus years uninjured every game, all that type of stuff. I mean, that's that's playing with fire that if we ever get hurt, like who is in the wings? Nobody. Like, uh, do you think we need to draft one or sign a guy? Or do you think with Connor Cook instead of Matt Castle? Like, to me, the backup is for Stafford has always been some old veteran who can, like, help him with tape watching or something. But other than that, he's terrible. Like, I mean, what are we looking for in a backup quarterback for the Lions? Yeah, I'm not uh... – I'm not looking for like somebody that uh, Matt Stafford needs to look over his shoulder, but I-, I would take somebody with like a little bit of experience. I mean, Connor Cook's been around what like three years or something like that. I mean, that would definitely mm-hmm. be a guy I would uh, I-, I would uh, not trust with the keys. You know, if uh, Matt Stafford was hurt at you know early in the season, I wouldn't expect you know Connor Cook to take that team anywhere. You know, maybe somebody with like a little more experience. Um, one thing that sounds odd to you, I mean, I'm just throwing this out there, but you know, looking at all these, uh, all these uh, draft things, I've, I stumbled across one that showed was a Kyler Murray being drafted by Oakland. You know, that means what? You know, Derek Carr's not going to hang around. So, and Derek Carr's getting paid bank right now as well. But uh, Derek Carr wouldn't be a guy. I mean, I wouldn't be too sorry to see him. I don't know about a backup, but oh come on. Come on, you know that's not going to happen. But hey, like um, I said, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but 
Yeah, but that's a guy you roll the dice on. If we were to move on from Stafford next year, you don't deal. You don't say, "Hey, come on and be the backup this year, and we'll see what happens." Well, that's what I mean. Maybe like in the future, if you're going to move on, it'd be a guy that you wouldn't take him as a backup. But you know, because Kyler Murray may be one of those things where he gets drafted this year and he sits this year, and then next year they get rid of Derek Carr. I don't know Oakland's. You know, I don't. I don't know what their what their what their uh, salary cap looks like or how much that would affect them, but. You know, it's just something I just yeah, but, saw, actually, a couple things. And I always thought that they got Derek Carr. But, I mean, like you said, you see, you know, many analysts, you know, throwing Hawkinson at Detroit. And I've seen a few of them throw Kyler Murray at Oakland. So, you know, just thought. Well, yeah, Griff, but you're changing the question. You're going on about something like, like what are they doing right now for the backup? Nothing, in my opinion. They've got a project guy, which, again, like you said, oh, I don't trust Connor Cook to do anything well. I almost trust him more than I would old balls Matt Castle. I mean, he's – we know he's not good, you know, but he's there. Why? Just so he can sit in the tape room and lend his wisdom. Like, what wisdom? He played a couple years in the NFL. Like, you know, that's what Matt Stafford likes. He likes a guy that is no good that will sit and, like, try to teach him everything that he can't see or whatever. I want either a guy to that has some physical talent that can actually maybe go on the field and make some throws or – like, you know, a really good – I don't know. Like, I'm just tired of having the bookworm there behind him. So we don't have to talk about it for days. But it feels like we need to get past this, oh, I want Dan Orlovsky for four years because he's so smart. Oh, I'll take uh, Matt Castle over Rudock because he can help me with uh, the system. It's just like, how about you just go out and play great and we have a guy behind you that if you get hurt also has some upside. That would be my opinion. I don't have any names in front of me, but like take a quarterback either in the fifth round or later that has some real tools or go get a mid tier backup that actually has some ability. Yeah, I would, I would rather, if you're going to do that, I would rather uh, go with the mid tier backup. Like you speak of, I mean, if that was the, uh, that was the case. That's what, that's what I would look to go with. Yeah. Everybody says it's great to draft one, but I've said on here before that like, a guy that's going to stay healthy you know we don't need to go in this draft and take a fourth round quarterback and he never plays because Matt Stafford tears it up this year it's just like oh great we have this guy just sitting there so I'm not a big proponent of these late quarterbacks but you know sometimes you find a gem doing that but not not too often so Grifka let's do this uh got through our questions and and our intro here um, let me let me tell the people. So so what we're doing is we're going to be rewinding the Panthers game today, and I was talking to Grifka about the schedule. We've got um, after this game, we still got six ball games to rewind through, and we know that we've got combine agency, we've got the draft. So here's what we want to do for you guys: we'll get through this one today. Are going to be so we're going to do two rewinds per show probably. So that gets through uh, four games um, on those two shows. I'll do another couple bonus shows to finish out the rewinds. Unfortunately, as most of you Kool-Aid drinkers know, not too many victories these last few games. So we'll kind of spend some time on the, the fun wins they had, breeze through some of these losses, get done with the 2018 season rewind, and they'll be all ready for draft, free agency, combine review. You know, that way after the combine's over that next week, we'll be able to kind of review what we saw and things like that. So that's kind of our plan. So we're trying to get through the games that way, finish up the rewinds, be able to talk free agency draft, all that type of stuff. That sound good to you, Griffin? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, that way we can start focusing on the new year. Yeah, man, so much to talk about. We definitely want to uh, talk about the things you guys are talking about. So we won't do any questions, any news and notes. Be strictly doing the rewinds next week, which definitely still tune into those. It'll be some fun things. We'll just keep it, uh, keep it short, keep it tight, and have some fun. So, Grifka, we'll be right back after a word here from our great sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid, we are back. Uh, thanks again to our great sponsors. And uh, now, Grifka, we're doing a Detroit Kool-Aid Rewind on the Carolina Panthers coming to Ford Field. Uh, kind of a unique, fun game. Lines have been sputtering, not playing good, had a couple losses. Um, the Panthers come in with Cam Newton. I'm going to pitch it to you. Go ahead and uh, start rumbling through this game. We'll get through this one uh, fairly quickly. And then uh, when you're done, I'll uh, give some of my uh, food for thought. So go yeah, ahead, Grifka. Uh... Let's start this out. I mean, watching this game, I mean, once again, we knew what the outcome was, but so I watched a little keener eye. Seemed like uh, even this uh, team came out with a little more life uh, going into this game. Uh, Panthers got the ball first. Um, Lions, you know, the run defense, you know, was improved all year, but they really showed it on this one. I mean, I don't know we're worried about Christian McCaffrey and even uh, the, the escapability of Cam Newton, but uh, the run defense really showed up uh, on that. Um, the problem was the run defense was good, but once again, the Lions were struggling with defense. I believe uh, Lions gave Lions pass defense gave up three plays in a row for like 50 yards. Each pass was for a first down. Kind of made you wonder. It's just like, gosh, you know, what, how come these two halves can't get together? And, uh, you know, Cam Newton just kind of let him down the field using the pass. I know uh, the Lions were trying to stop McCaffrey, but uh, leaving those wide receivers wide open. And then near, they got near the goal line, you know, the first drive. And then, uh, you know, it was one of those things that was just a really good play action, you know, to the running back, and Greg Olson just slipped off the line. Nobody, you know, with him in the end zone, just standing there, and uh, and uh, Cam Newton hits him for that short touchdown, you know, go up 7-0. Uh, um, once again, the Panthers held the ball for a while there, and, um, gosh, and, um, it was about roughly about a five-minute drive. So uh, that was one of those things that was really disheartening to see thinking, gosh, it's going to be another one of these games where they're just going to throw around the ball all game, just like the Bears game the week before. Um, but then uh, the Lions, you know, offense showed up. And uh, that one of those things we had talked about, getting carry on the ball more, seeing what they could do. He was uh, – it seemed like it was one of those games where – it was one of the games he ran the hardest all year, did a lot of hard running. He broke a lot of tackles um, and saw that as well. Um Usually you know, around this point in the season, the rookies you know tend to hit the wall. They don't run as hard, but it was really nice to continue to see him run that hard and uh, break a lot of tackles, and make you see what the future is going to be with us with this guy. Um, another great play was where uh, you know one of your boys, uh, Kenny Galladay, remember this play where it was actually the ball was kind of like double caught between him and the defensive back. He was able to wrestle it away from the defensive back and then you know turn up field, get a few more yards, get the first down on him, and then. Uh, just the strength, once again, seeing that strength, the speed, everything that uh, Kenny Galladay, what you've been uh, talking about. Like I said, uh, his learning curve is uh, definitely a, a lot faster than what uh, what I thought he would be. So kudos to you, Derek, on that. Got to, once again, continue to give you that, uh, give you the, the the credit where you deserve. You've been liking this guy from day one. So Lions are able to, you know, drive the ball down the field. That that drive, you know, I made the note. It seemed like on Johnson was roughly 90% of that drive. I know the ball was spread out a little more. There was a few more passes on it, but it seemed like on did most of the heavy heavy lifting on that. And, you know, um, it was a nice TD run, you know, with about uh, two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. The game is now 7-7. It's definitely looking a lot better than the week before. Um, then, uh, you know, then the Bears game. Um, once again, then uh, the defense kind of came around the around the next drive, and then uh, the Panthers had like a th- third and five, and it's one of those things that seemed like the Lions been having trouble with all year. Those third and mids, um, teams were able to either run on them or pass on them, especially with what the Panthers' offense had coming this year um, with uh, McCaffrey um, and uh, Greg Olson can be very difficult to cover, as we've already seen with the tight with the tight end for the touchdown this so far. But the Lions had a nice coverage sack. Um, forcing the Panthers to cunt, uh, to uh, punt, and um, that pretty much uh, takes us into the second quarter. Um, second quarter seemed to be one of those you know quarters where nothing really happened. N- neither team could really get anything going. I don't know if that's more credit to the defense or just uh, 
kind of where the offense was in that game. Um, one of the guys that I really liked when he was at Michigan, Devin Funches. You know me, I'm a Michigan boy. He always seemed to have these problems at Michigan too, man. The guy just had butter sticks at points, man. There's points in the game where Cam Newton put it right on him and he and he just dropped it. I mean, I think he had a – was it by the second quarter? He already had three drops. And uh, But like I said, there's no, I can take it. You know, he plays for the Panthers now, so it's a, it definitely helps the Lions out. Um, Lions get, you know, defense showed up a little more, got another coverage sack, a couple more sacks there in that uh, quarter. And then um, – Let's see, um, another one. Yeah, yeah, carry on, continuing with his good game. You know, uh, they get the ball back, they get the drive going, and once again, they're just giving it to carry on. You know, a little swing pass out of the backfield, running the ball. They're moving up the field pretty good. Um, my boy, Levine Toilolo, has a nice catch up the sideline with relatively about a minute left in the second quarter. But then once again, they stopped kind of going to carry on. They had a, a few, you know, these bad plays. You know, it makes it, you know, scratch your head. It's just like, you know, you know, little dump passes that the defense is reading. It's almost like they get predictable. They get in that area where they don't want to lose out on the points, so they settle. They don't they don't try to drive the ball into the end zone. It's like, okay, we're here. We're late in the second quarter. We're going to, you know, just make sure we get the points, and that's what they end up doing. You know, with about 37 seconds left, uh, they get the field goal to go up uh, 10-7. Um Panthers get the ball back. They try to drive the ball down the field, but the guy we talked about earlier, Tracy Walker, comes up with a nice pick with about 30 seconds left in the quarter. From there, Lions just kind of uh, finish out the half and go up uh, 10-7. So at this point, I'm thinking, you know, it's definitely a nice turnaround. The offense seemed to sputter a little bit in that second quarter, even though they did have that drive late. We're carrying on. They started with him. He was moving the ball, but then they went away from him. And, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things where the offense is, you know, trying to get too smart for their own good. They moved away from what was working, and they only took the three points. But uh, being up 10-7, I was pretty happy about that. Uh, what's your thoughts on the first half of that game, Derek? Well, Grifka, you, you said a lot there. You covered a lot of ground. Unfortunately, you missed one of the most important points. And that was my first point on my sheet here. These gray Lions uniforms are terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They are the worst. I remember, like, the Lions put out a poll, and they were like, hey, what if we had a third uniform, what would you like to see? And had all these different options. And I remember writing in saying, you know what would be sweet? is like a, a real cool, like, all silver type look. You know what I mean? But but they screwed up this gray, man. The, the gray with the white numbers does is just terrible. The gray is like, and then they got the shiny helmet, which just looks stupid. The gray socks. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I would love to love a third Lions uniform, but the more, right after I saw this one, like it didn't take me too long to be like, ah, no, I don't like that. Especially like the white, just white plain names on the back looks like so Bush league, you know? Um, so I hated seeing these uniforms again. I can't wait till they go away. And, you know, probably Rod Wood and his team thought they were amazing, but bad choice there by the Lions. I'll take those uniforms over, all- over black uniforms. I hate that. I hate, like, every team Every team needs to have, like, a black jersey or something. I hate that. Just stay away from that. That's that's the Raiders. That's the Falcons, whatever. Just let them guys do that. Just stay away from the black uniforms. I mean, I will take, I will take those gray over a black uniform any day. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I liked the black back in the day because the black with, like, the silver helmet and the blue on it kind of looked unique and different. But um, it's just something about this gray. It's like a dull gray. And then the blue is funky, too. Gray doesn't even look like our colors. Like, I don't know. It's just something about it, the big white numbers. I don't know. Like I said, I I just hate it when they break these out. I wish they could tweak them. You know, there's a way to make it look cool, but it's just no good. So you hit on a lot of other points. I mean, just a couple quick ones. Like, tell me if you've heard this before. Hey, we can't cover the tight end short on the goal line. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. we bring that up every show. Um, carry on did look good, was doing some good things. I think you did miss a few Grifka. I, I do have here a sack by Ziggy did it. I think you missed that one. I'm surprised. And then yeah, I think uh, I blocked that out of my memory. Yeah. Uh, you probably uh, just assume he doesn't play, but when he's out plays, I've told you that a million times. And then, uh, Kennard, I think he had a sack early and had a sack later in the game. So really like what he did this past year. He, Never blew me away when I saw him. Like, wow, this guy doesn't look athletic. He's not going to look that fast. 
but he always was either holding the edge or making getting after the quarterback, which I always love to see. So, so that was good. I do have a note here in the first half that I I like the Lions when they mix up the screen game. Like I I hate it when me and you and others are sitting at home and it's third and you know seventeen and we're like screen or draw and it's a stupid screen pass everybody knows is coming. But what I love is like when they're they're rolling on offense and they've been doing you know down the field to Kenny runs to carry on then all of a sudden they like go play action they slip somebody out of the backfield and get it to them and they got the big hogs out in front of them it always seems like when they mix it in good they have a good little screen game I'd love to see them keep that up and then uh CNT walk make the pick that really jumped off the screen to me because I don't remember him making that play so when we rewound, I got to see it again. He really kind of was playing the back end and, and came forward, used his long arms, jumped over the guy, and, and made a great play. So I thought that was awesome too. So those are some of my takeaways from the first half. Yeah, and it's nice that, uh, like you said, that uh, the T-Walker uh, interception, I forgot about it too, maybe because nothing really came of it because this went into the half. But it's one of those things where we've seen – Teams in the past, you know, not just lines, but other ones, they think that there's short of time and other teams are able to drive, you know, at least get a field goal to at least tie it. But um, Walker making a nice play, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, sealing that, uh, that, you know, that the Panthers being able to come back do anything was nice. So gave the lines a little momentum going in the second half as well. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, though, start of the second half. Let's just jump into here. Uh, the first thing that really jumped off the page to me was uh, that DJ Moore, I mean, the guy at a game, and I want to cover this a little more later, but, uh, you know, the, he had that 82-yard catch and run, or, you know, early in the, early in the third quarter. Um, he just made a nice play is, is all it was right there. He spun out of a tackle, uh, no help behind him, and he just took off, and I believe, uh, I think Slay actually made it back there to make the tackle on him after the 82-yard run. But then um, – so I'm, once again, at this point, you know, you can say, you can say, oh, Mike, you're hating on the team. It's just like, gosh, it's just, you know, uh, Panthers seem to go down. It seems like they're going to take the lead. But your boy JD actually, uh, you know, yeah, reads the play really well, makes a really nice sack, and, you know, and that pushed them into a field goal. You know, I, I, you know, took them, you know, the touchdown attempt away, home to a field goal. But that was one of those things where uh, the Lions' uh, MVP, the upright, you know, uh, knocked down the ball. And uh, field goal was missed, and, uh, and then uh, Lions get the ball back. So, thank you for the upright making the play, knocking down the ball again. Um, then uh, the next drive, Stafford came out. He's able to pass the ball. You know, he was able to. It was one of those drives like it was kind of like old Matt Stafford. He was hooking up with the wide receivers with no run game. It seemed to happen where uh, there wasn't too much running room, and uh, Panthers were going to be like, okay, we're going to make you beat to its pass. But Stafford was able to do that. Um, one of those things they uh, he drove him down, and uh, you know, once again they kind of settled for another field goal. It was like the offensive plays got in field goal range, and they uh, went all like turtle again, where you know they didn't really go for the jugular. They went back to like, okay, we'll just you know make sure we don't lose any you know lose any more yards, and they get the field goal. And pretty much the only scoring in that quarter was uh not pretty much the only scoring in that quarter was that field goal with about three and a half minutes left to go. So it was once again, uh, offenses you know weren't that great. You, you know between either one, Lions didn't have really that good a run game in the third. Seems like the Panthers made the adjustments to st- shut down carry on, but uh, Stafford was able to find his wide receivers a little more, which is nice. So we, we proceed into the fourth quarter, um, up thirteen seven, and I made a huge note here for you. I might have missed a sack, but Ziggy did have a tackle in the fourth quarter. Nice job, Ziggy. Um, congratulations, you were. Uh, MVP on that play. Um, but then right after that, um, was that Kurt Samuel, you know, you know, pretty much abused, uh, Tease Tabor for a TD in, uh, with about nine and a half minutes left in the quarter. But once again, uh, Gano missed, uh, the extra point. So the game is tied at 13, you know, um, about halfway through the quarter. Uh, the next drive, uh, Kenny Galladay showed up. You know, your boy, once again, pat on the back, Derek. Um, he made some really nice catches, you know, getting open um, with a depleted wide receiver core. And you'd figure that more teams would key on him. But they still, once again, they weren't really doubling him. They were uh, leaving him, you know, one-on-one. I think Captain Munderland was on him a lot that game. And I know Captain Munderland's, you know, a little long in the tooth. But, you know, so uh, Galladay pretty much uh, abused him. But uh, Galladay had some nice catches. 
and actually on uh, the Kenny uh, Galladay uh, TD was about five minutes left in the uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, puts the put, puts them up uh, twenty to thirteen. So at this point, you know, there's five minutes left in the game. Lions defense have been playing pretty well. Everybody's been pretty much held in check. You know, um, except DJ Moore. I don't know where he came from, but uh, McCaffrey wasn't having that great a game running or passing the ball. He was having some modest numbers. I'll bring those up here in a second. But um, then all of a sudden, you know, there's that defensive breakdown. Where McCaffrey's open up the sideline. You know, they dump it to him out of the backfield, and then he just he goes up the sideline. It's just a huge play. You know, I think it was like 30, 40 yards, and it's just it puts him in scoring range again. It's just like, oh, jeez, you know, what the heck's going on here? Um, Cam Newton continues, you know, you know, pretty decent play, you know, keeping plays alive. They get down to, um, you know, in, uh, in, in goal range and, uh, he finds that uh, DJ Moore with a touchdown with about a minute left in the game. And, uh, then Ron Rivera, you know, riverboat Ron, everybody's thinking, you know, okay, just, you know, kicks field goal or kicks extra point going to, uh, overtime, but Gano wasn't having that great a game. So maybe they didn't trust him and they go for two Slay makes the play and, uh, and that pretty much ends the game right there. Lions win 20 to 19. So, uh, Lions, you know, hold on for a win, you know, against Panthers. Me personally, I don't know if, you know, there's still plenty of season left in, in the year, but I think this loss to the Lions pretty much kept the Panthers out of the playoffs. That's my opinion. Other people could feel differently. You may feel different there, Derek, but. You know, I was, once again, I know a lot at this point in the season, a lot of people are like, you know, just, you know, lose for the draft pick, but any wins a win is good for me and the Lions. So, uh, what'd you think about the second half, the way the team fought back, held on for the W? Well, Griff, I'm going to start with one of your last comments was you tried to sneak in, oh, uh, Darius Slay makes the play. You go back and watch that final two point. The Lions did nothing on that play. The guy was wide open. It's an easy throw for Cam Newton, and he airmails the football, which I couldn't have been happier about. But, I mean, nobody on the Lions made any play there. It was just a pretty terrible overthrow by a quarterback like Cam Newton. And then the one thing I kept thinking when I watched this game was all that stuff that came out about Cam, how he was really hurt and he couldn't throw the football more than 20, 30 yards. Like, that's what I saw in this game. And this guy could not throw at all, like, I'll go back to the first play you talked about, the the ball to, to D.J. Moore. I mean, that was a third and ten. It was a little out route. But if you go back and watch it, oh, my gosh, it looks like he just looped the ball outside. That should have been a pick six for the Lions. But instead, it was a loopy throw, a caught ball, a terrible – I think you said uh, D.J. Moore made the play. I beg to differ again. A terrible missed tackle by uh, your boy Mike Ford basically just fell to the ground, and then DJ Moore rumbles and stumbles for another 80 yards, and then your boy Slay does come out of nowhere to make the tackle. But it was an absolutely joke of a throw by an NFL quarterback named Cam Newton who had no shoulder, and then a terrible tackle and a huge play for them. So um, everything else, I mean, you basically hit on, I mean – uh, carry on got going early you know didn't seem like they used him enough again uh you know I, I did like some of the catches by Kenny Galladay he uh the more you kind of see him and this is what I did last year this is why I really like was so ahead of the curve I think because I went and watched last year's games at the end of the year and he just jumped off the screen to me and that's what he's doing again this year you go back and watch you're like man this guy snatches everything in his area. He runs after the catch. He should be a big red zone threat. He's, what, probably like 23, 24 years old. I mean, absolute specimen in the jersey. So that's all I'm seeing every game from this guy again, too. It's like, how do we feature this guy more? He's just still ceiling, uh, sky's the limit type of thing for this guy. So uh, I, I felt the Lions, you know, were able to put up enough points. They let the Panthers come down on that final drive and dink and dunk them and get into the end zone. I have here, you know, just a PD to Samuel. Nice throw. It actually was a nice touch throw on that play. An absolutely great catch and a toe tap. But teased Tabor again. Teased toast. Got roasted and and toasted and put in the oven again. I mean, how many games is this going to occur with either teased toast or or Lawson getting just absolutely – burned on the play it's embarrassing so um you know that was tough to watch and then i have here just for you, zach zenner grabs the onside kick and you know why he did because he's got double z's man double 
Double initials, baby. Oh, yeah, you know it. That's Griffin's go-to. Double initials. That's why he's good. His first and last name both start with Z. That's all you need. And uh, that was awesome to see. So uh, a win for our Lions. You got to love that. And this was one, like, they were stumbling. They get the win. Then everybody was like, all right, now they can uh, get back on track. And uh, unfortunately, as we'll see next week, that didn't occur. So th- that's basically what I had. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, any I, I'll take any W no matter where it is in the season. I'm never one of those guys that's like, oh, lose for the draft if you're having a bad year. So I was happy with that. Um, just one thing I know I mentioned as I was covering the game, I said I'd bring up in a cut, you know, afterwards. Um, I know when we first broke down this game, even before the season, we were talking about guys that we worry about that them facing. And um, I remember when we were breaking down this game, you know, you know, previewing it, the name we kept, you know, bringing up that the Lions would have to worry about the most was McCaffrey. You know, the guy can, you know, he can run the ball. He, he's dangerous out of the backfield on swing passes, getting open. As like I said, as I mentioned that, you know, he's wide open down the sideline and Newton was able to uh, get the ball over to him and he was able to go up to the sideline to uh, get them in great field position to put it in that uh, touchdown late in the game. But uh, going back and looking, it's just like I, during the whole game, I kind of come, you know, they, they, they put good tabs on him. You know, uh, he really didn't do a whole lot. And I know, I, I looked it up, and even watching the game, they, they put up some stat and made like 100 yards. I mean, he had 57 rush yards and 53 receiving yards I mean, for the game. So, I mean, what, a little over 100 yards in the game total between the two. Are you impressed by that? Because they throw that stat up there. When I was when I was rewatching the game, they threw the stat up there. It was like, oh, he reached 100 yards. And I'm like, 100 yards rushing? Then I, I went back, and I'm not kidding. I went back to, to make sure. No, it was like 57 yards rushing and 53 53 yards receiving. Yeah, it's decent as a whole, but I, I I thought you know I thought they kept him in check pretty much the whole game. You know, the, like it was the one play, the one big pass play is what he had. I I thought that was kind of pedestrian numbers for a guy that we were really worried about. I thought the Lions did a defense did a really really good job of keeping tabs on him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I. Uh... I know when we did this originally, that was our big takeaway is how are you going to stop Christian McCaffrey? We, we didn't have anybody that could cover. And this guy had been absolutely on fire. I mean, I traded him in fantasy football in a league where he was like in my dynasty spot, which meant I could keep him forever as a, as I had him at when he was in his rookie year and I gave him up. And uh, the reason I did is because I hated his rushing numbers. It felt like every week he was rushing for nothing and then here in 2018, he really found a way to rush and catch and do everything. And uh, the Lions absolutely held him here. I mean, I, I wouldn't totally downplay 57, 53, 110 total yards. I mean, if we have a player like that on our team, if Theo could get that, we'd be probably doing cartwheels. So, I mean, it's not not terrible. But um, for the way he was rolling if coming into this game and the way the Lions have been playing defensively, to hold him to that was tremendous. And uh, – like I say, when you take away their best players, I think that's one of the best things that Matt Pat does is he finds a way to scheme up against what you do best. And he took away McCaffrey and said, Cam Newton, you got to beat me. And he couldn't do it. Yeah, it's just like just rewatching the game. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, gosh, where is he? Where is he? And then after they had that catch late in the fourth, they threw up his number. And I'm just like, and I, like I said, I thought it said like 100 yards like rushing. And I'm like, did he really run that much? So I went back and I'm just like, no, I mean, but you're right. I mean, if Theo put those numbers, we're jumping for joy. You know, we're like, hey, yeah, you know, crack a bottle. But this guy, you know, I mean, we're expecting big numbers, you know, 100 yards rushing, you know, you know, 75, 80 yards receiving, maybe a touch or two. But I, I thought the Lions defense, the game plan was really good. You have to kind of hand it to Mother Goose. I don't know if it was at this point where – uh you know, Matt Pat, because I know we had talked about this. It seemed like Matt Pat at some point seemed to start to maybe have a little more input on, on it. The way the defense changed, I don't know if that was him saying, hey, why don't we try this, you know. But the defense seemed to change even after snacks in there, and I know he might have been a big part of it. But uh, for what we thought McCaffrey would do against the Lions, for those numbers, I mean, I would take that, you know, every time they face them and be fine with it. So, but but then my next question leads to it doesn't seem like, you know, they're able to hold the guy that we're most worried about in check. And some guy, you know, you, you might've heard of the guy, but you don't put any stock in this guy goes off. It's, it seems to happen, you know, when the lines are able to do that. I mean, against the bears, what 
Anthony Miller, I know you talked about. You liked him coming out of the draft, but nobody really expected him. We didn't talk about him before that, the week before with the Bears, him doing anything. Some tight end, you know, who, you know, pedestrian tight end seems to go off against the Lions because they're too busy covering other guys. But DJ Moore, seven catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, did, did anybody see that? Is, is, does it just seem like maybe the Lions, you know, against teams forget about some guy or just don't respect him enough and, you know, they just don't cover him? They seem to go off? Um, see, I don't think so, Grifka. I think that, I think that DJ Moore is, is basically the, the number two playmaker on Carolina. I mean, you got Cam, but then his playmakers are basically McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and then they have a couple other fringe receivers, you know, Funches and Samuel. And DJ Moore, man, is like, I loved him throughout the process because he's so dang young. I want to say he was like 21, 22 years old. He's physical. He goes and gets the football. He doesn't wait for it to come to him. He can run after the catch, as we saw in this game. So, I mean, he can't guard everybody. So, I, I like I said, I think the the game plan was to take away uh, 22 there and, and not let him kill you in the run and the pass game. They did that. And so another weapon went off. But like I say, man, it's the NFL. Um, I've been looking at it this offseason. Like, it's such a competitive league. Like, every team thinks they're going to get to the Super Bowl and thinks they got great playmakers. So Carolina, you know, they just utilized one of their other playmakers and we couldn't guard them all, and he had a big day. But I don't think the Lions forget about people. I do think they get burnt sometimes by people that we don't think should be good enough to do it. But, um, you know, my thing is if they can hold down these superstars, as they sort of have been, if you go back and look at it, like a lot of games where they're coming in with a big talent, the Lions that seem to do pretty well, whether it's like Aaron Rodgers or – you know, some of these top receivers that come in or even the rush game. We saw how good our rush defense was. Like, nobody was coming in. Todd Gurley, they, were, they weren't coming in and doing the kind of things they were doing against other teams. So take those guys away and let the second, third, fourth type guys try to beat you and live with the consequences. So DJ Moore's a stud, man. I th- I'm starting to pick him up in some leagues moving forward here. I think he's only going to get better and better. Okay. I mean, I see your point. I see your point. But uh, like, I just remember we didn't really talk about him you know, going into the game, it's like, hey, watch out for this guy. Like you said, I think we focused on it, and, you know, you know, I agree with you. Get the bell out that if the Lions are able to take away the guys that the home run hitters that everybody's thinking, you know, watch out for this guy, you give yourself a better chance to win the game than if um, just trying to, like, go punch for punch, you know, trying to, like, oh, McCaffrey scored a touchdown, you know, we got to do that, you know, or like you said, Todd Gurley, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, guys like that. If you're able to, like, you know, at least keep them in check. You know, you do give yourself a better chance to win the game. So, I feel you on that. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Is there anything else you wanna you'd like to cover today before we uh, scoot out of here? Uh, we're good, Grifka. Uh, got through that rewind. Had some good stuff to talk about off the top. Uh, just want to encourage everybody again to to keep uh, keep listening. You know, hit up our sponsors. That's really been helping us keep this podcast going. And you know, we try to. Um, put anything we get from the sponsors to the podcast and keep growing this thing. So we thank everybody for that. Um, just hang in there with us next week. Like I say, we'll we'll breeze through a couple rewinds. Um, anything big with the Lions comes up, we'll definitely talk about that. You might get a couple bonus shows once I get through this cold I've had the last week or so. And uh, we'll be rocking and rolling into Combine, Free Agency, and the Draft. So I'm good. Grifka, you got anything else for the uh, people? Nope. All right, well, cool. Everybody have a great week and great weekend. We'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.